الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون انما يتذكر اولو الالباب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من يريد الله به خيرا يفقهه في الدين او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters <coughs> this is the start of the new academic year many have been in madrasa already from last year the previous years some may have come for the first time whether we have come for the first time or whether we are already in the madrasa for many years there are some things that we have to keep revising keep refreshing in the quran sharif allah taala gives us this command wa dhakkir فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And remind, for verily a reminder is very beneficial for the believer. So we have to keep reminding, we have to keep refreshing, keep reminding ourselves, reminding others. We have come to a madrasa, though there are certain subjects that we will do, which are related to day-to-day life, for our necessity of life as we refer to them as life skill subjects so we will do some of these things as part of the necessity but we have chosen an institution which has its focus towards trying to bring deen alive into ourselves into others that is our intention our broken efforts and we beg allah taala's help to make that a reality that deen comes alive in ourselves and in others some of you may be here in the madrasa by your own choice some of you may be here by the choice of your parents maybe not necessarily your own choice you may have wanted to be elsewhere but your parents decided for you that you should be here in any case whether you have come on your own choice or whether it was the choice of your parents but you are now in an institution which is focused towards bringing deen alive as the primary objective everything else is secondary and the fact that you are now here in such a place that you have been chosen and selected by allah tabaraka wa taala to be in an environment that is conducive to deen inshallah an environment that will help you to progress in deen this is by the selection of allah taala it might appear to be your parents choice or your choice but in reality it is the grace and the mercy of allah taala and we have to understand this to be such we have to realize it is this can be imagine that 
somebody uh, brings a person to a place of safety. Why? Because outside there is a huge fire burning. And people are dying, people are losing their lives, people are losing their properties, people are being uh, put into great amount of torment and trauma and difficulty. And somebody brings a person out and puts him in a place of safety. Somewhere where the person is safe from all the drama that is happening out there, from all the damage and destruction that is taking place out there. How grateful will the person be who was saved? How much dua he will give to the person who saved him and brought him away into that place which is protected, which is safe from the damage and the destruction because we understand the value of our life we understand the value of our property the value of our wealth now somebody helped us to save all this save our life, save our family and protect us from that harm from that fire burning us all we will feel very very grateful but the fire of this world has a very limited amount that it can destroy at the most it will destroy somebody's wealth, somebody's property, or it will at the most cause somebody's death. We have to obviously show sympathy for this, but this is the most that it can do. But it can't affect a person's afterlife. It cannot affect a person's life in the hereafter. It can cause some kind of difficulty in this world at the most, but it can't cause any kind of effect in the hereafter, that this fire will carry on burning from this world, in the next world, no, it won't happen in that manner. The next world is a separate world. So, when we understand that this is a great favor somebody has done to us, though this is a limited thing, but it's a great favor, if somebody has saved us from the fire that burns up Iman, that burns up our relationship with Allah Taala. Somebody has, whether it's our parents, some relative, somebody else encouraged us, or whether we ourselves came in our heart, all the favor of Allah Ta'ala. And He has saved us from all the various fires out there. The only major challenge in this is, that we cannot visibly see the fires out there, in terms of those fires that burn up a person's iman, the fires that burn up a person's dunya and deen. It's not something you can see with your open eyes. It requires inner vision. The eyes in our faces that cannot see this fire. Sometimes a person sees that fire, but he thinks it's a very, very beautiful garden to be in. Meanwhile, it's a fire, but it appears to him to be a garden. And he wants to go and be part of that garden. In the process, his iman gets burned, his akhlaq gets burned, his deen and dunya gets burned. And he becomes a wreck in every sense of the word, let alone the hereafter, even this world becomes completely in turmoil. The person, he becomes the scourge of his family, he becomes a nuisance to society, he becomes a liability for himself and for others, becomes a source of pain for everybody. Nobody seems to be able to have any kind of liking for the person. 
So it's not only that the hereafter gets destroyed, even this world gets destroyed. And on the other hand, there is a person with good akhlaq, good character, there is a person with good morals, a pious person, a person who is living a clean life, a person who is living a life of obedience of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, you will find everybody getting endeared to that person, respecting the person, holding the person in high esteem. You will find people wanting to serve that person, people honoring that person. Not that we anything has to be done or we should do anything for the sake of people's respect. No. We must do for Allah Ta'ala alone. But Allah Ta'ala brings these effects in the dunya already. And what is in the akhirat, what is in the hereafter is beyond imagination. So, those who have come into this madrasa have been saved from many fires out there. There are fires out there in the public schools. Terrible fires. People are losing their iman in those fires. People are losing their haya in those fires. People are losing every bit of their akhlaq. They're getting involved in Satanism. It's not a rule, but these are things happening. They're happening in many, many places out there. They're happening in the universities. They're happening in schools. They're happening in very, very diverse places. But it's happening. People are getting involved in all kinds of evil. They're getting involved in music, in looking at haram, in all kinds of haram and illicit relationships. And it seems for that brief moment, it seems a lot of fun. But the example that comes to mind is that in the time of the Sahaba Ikram, once one Sahabi was looking very grieved, very down, and Nabi Islam asked him that what is the problem? So he said, one thought of something that had passed has come to me and this has really grieved me and now I'm feeling down as a result of this, what has happened. So Nabi Islam asked him what happened? So he says, long before Islam, in the time of, when I was still in the time of Jahiliya, and this was a common thing, that unfortunately people regarded the birth of a daughter as a very, very bad thing, as a source of disgrace. The Quran Sharif speaks about this. It is Islam that came and gave honor and respect to women and made the birth of a daughter a means of barakat. And Nabi Islam promised that a person who brings up three daughters and gives them the proper Islamic upbringing and sees to their needs until he gets them married off, then Jannat is wajib for such a parent. Such great honor and status. Somebody then asks, what about just two daughters? Now we ask him that also. What about just one daughter? Okay, that also. What great honor for the bringing up of a daughter. So in any case, at that time in Jahiliya, this was regarded as a terrible thing, as a disgrace, and people would actually go and bury their daughters alive. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes this, وَإِذَا بُشِّرَ أَحَدُهُمْ بِالْأُنْثَى وَلَّ وَجْهُهُ مُسْوَدَّوْ وَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ يَتَوَارَى مِنَ الْقَوْمِ مِنْ سُوءِ مَا بُشِّرَ بِهِ That when a person among them used to be given the news that you have become the father of a daughter, of a girl, a daughter has been born, then his face would change color and he would regard this as a terrible news. And now he would be so embarrassed 
he would even not be able to face the community and the public. He would be ducking and diving and avoiding them. He doesn't want to face anybody also. And then he would now be contemplating what to do. He would be thinking and he would be pondering what to do. He would think now, should I just keep her and bear this disgrace? He would regard it as a disgrace. And he would keep now thinking, should I just keep this daughter and doesn't matter now, I bear this disgrace? Oh, or rather just let me go and bury her and then the Quran says they would then make a terrible decision they would then go and make the decision of rather go and bury her I can't bear this disgrace so this sahabi he says that in this jahiliya this daughter was born and somehow his wife hid the news from him she didn't allow the news to that this was his daughter and as this child grew somehow, she initially hid the news, and then she said it's the neighbor's child, or some, made some other excuse. Somehow she covered up this whole thing. In whichever way, she managed to cover up this whole story. And now this child is growing up, and she's becoming very attached to the father, but the father is thinking it's somebody else's daughter. But it's a little baby, it's a child growing up now. And now as this child grew up, and was now of the age where she is running around, how attached the father come, becomes to that child at that time. Now when the mother saw this attachment and this bond, she then broke the news and said that this is in reality your daughter. It's no neighbor's child or somebody else's daughter that I brought in our house. It is your daughter. Now when he heard about this, on the one hand this bond, this attachment, the child loves him, he loves the child, and he cannot seem to now figure out what to do, now this is now again that same jahiliyat and that period of ignorance and he's regarding this girl now as a disgrace for him. But now at the same time he's attached. But one day now he says, no, I just got to do what I have to do as people say. Whereas not I got to do what I have to do. I have to do what Allah Ta'ala wants me to do. People say, no, I got to do what I got to do. Now whether it is right or wrong, whether it is the, a good thing or a bad thing, whether it will bring me benefit or harm, whether it will destroy my deen and dunya, or whether it will do something else. No, I got to do what I got to do. That's a wrong, completely baseless and wrong statement. I got to do what Allah and His Rasul want me to do. Not what I want to do. Or what I got to do. I got to do what Allah and His Nabi want me to do. That is what will make my dunya a place of peace, a place of happiness, a place of success, a place of good for me. And a place where I'll become good for myself, and good for others also. And it will become a means of my everlasting success of the Akhirat. A place of everlasting happiness and peace. So I got to do what Allah and His Nabi want me to do. So in any case, this person said, I got to do what I got to do, because he was in the Jahiliyat. So one day he took this daughter along, and went towards the outskirts. And now he started digging, so this little child doesn't know what's going on. She's attached to her father. She loves him. And she wants to do what he's doing. So she is now regarding it as a fun. Something of fun. So she's helping to dig. And now he's digging. And she's enjoying it. Because it's like a fun activity for her now. And she's digging. But now when that hole is dug. He takes this little child this innocent baby, this girl of a few years old, 
and he now puts her in there. She still doesn't know what's going on. And she's asking her father that, what are you doing? But he doesn't reply anything. And he starts now throwing the sand upon her. And now she realizes that there's something really wrong going on here. And now she's pleading and she's crying. But the jahiliyat was so overwhelming that ignorance was so overwhelming. The shaitan in it was so overpowering. And the nafs and all the evil of the, ti- of the situation was so overwhelming that all the pleas of the child, the begging of the child, the crying of the child, nothing made any difference. And that hard-heartedness was to such an extent that his own daughter, he finally buried her alive and those sobs and those cries became fainter and fainter until everything went silent and he walked away from there as if he had done something that was now meant to be done. Something that was like an achievement to him that he got rid of, na'uzubillah, the disgrace. This now he's sitting years later and he's thinking about it and he's so grieved. And it is mentioned that Nabi Wasallam was moved to tears upon this and he said, why did you do such a thing? And the Sahabi is also grieving away it but the damage was done. It was too late. The child could not be brought back. But the lesson in all this for us is that at the time of digging that hole, the child also thought this is a very fun-filled activity. Very enjoyable. I'm out in the jungle. It's a, like a place, like a picnic kind of setting and I'm digging this hole and it's such a fun thing and I'm enjoying myself. I'm helping my father to dig this hole. What a wonderful feeling I'm getting. But meanwhile she was digging, as we can literally call it, she was digging her own grave. She was busy digging her own grave. But while digging her own grave, she thought she's enjoying herself. She thought, I am very, very happy. I am I'm doing what I am enjoying. I am happy about it. I am involved in some fun but the end result of that was she dug her own grave though she was an innocent child she did not know she was just a couple of years old and this was in the times of Jahiliya now the father is grieving over it the child is gone the father can't benefit anymore and the child is gone as well likewise in this present day Jahiliya this present day ignorance one is the ignorance that has passed already but there's an ignorance that is carrying on. And this is a different type of ignorance. This ignorance comes in the form of all the modern technology, in the form of all the other various things and fitna and fasad. And many a person thinks that this is fun. But in this fun we are digging our graves. We are digging our graves in terms of we are going to be destroying our worldly life also. Many a person writes that now I am so stuck onto this music. I want to give it up now. I've realized the harm that is doing to me. But now I'm, we are putting it in our words now. I'm already in this grave now. The sand is on me. I want to get out of it. Now I'm crying. Now I'm sobbing. Now I'm pleading. But now this whole weight and burden of this sand is on me. In this, I'm in this grave now. How do I come out of this? Because at that time it seemed fun. While digging that grave it seemed fun. This illicit chatting. Now somebody went on in life, they got married. 
But now that old habits die hard, now the person is still getting after a few months of marriage, one year of marriage, two years of marriage, now something sparked off the old conversations, something sparked off the old relationships, and now the marriage is destroyed, the children are one side, the father is one side, the mother is destroyed, her family wants to have nothing to do with her, because why you disgraced our whole family, you got involved in this haram, but where it started off from, she was busy digging her own grave, when she thought it was fun. So she thought, well, life will carry on later, we'll do everything, now let's dig the hole. But now when she dug the hole, she fell in. And now when she fell in, she can't come out of it. Then it requires a lot of help from outside, for somebody else to come and take that sand off, for somebody else to give a hand to come out, for somebody else to then give that medical treatment, to treat the person's injuries, after all that sand came and crushed the person down, provided that there's still life, that life hasn't gone. If the life itself is gone, then it's too late. Allah forbid, many lose their iman in the process. The life itself, life of iman is gone. So outwardly, many of these things look like a lot of fun. Chatting to boys, getting involved in relationships which are haram, listening to music, looking at haram, all websites and other kinds of things. But at that time, what seems to be fun, many a times we are digging our grave. And when it's too late now, we start sobbing, we start pleading, we start crying. But now we can't come out. And we'll be lucky, inshallah, if somebody then hears that plea somewhere. And somebody takes pity and then helps to get that sand off. But sometimes, it's many times it's too late. So what the lesson was, that those who have made this choice for us, oh, we have made the choice on our own, but it has happened with Allah Ta'ala's fazal. That we have been brought to a place where we are being given this help now. That look, if you already have dug your own grave to some extent, then look, come out of it. Here there is a helping hand now. The muallimas would be there to give you the helping hand. The environment itself is giving you a helping hand. Your colleagues will be giving you a helping hand, those who are interested to move ahead in deen. That look, whatever mistake has happened, don't let that bog you down. But now move forward. Take the helping hand. Let that, what is past is past. Let that come out now. And move forward. This will make your life in dunya a pleasure. And your life in akhirat a pleasure also. But shaitan is not going to go to sleep. When a person decides to do what is correct. When a person makes the firm intention and resolution that I want to mend my life. Or somebody has alhamdulillah already taken a lot of steps forward. So now the person says, I want to maintain what has happened. I made many sacrifices. For example, I adopted the parda, which was a very big step for me in life. Maybe it was something that I wholeheartedly wanted to do. Maybe it was something that was I was encouraged to do. Maybe it was something I saw others doing, so I just did it. And sometimes, sometimes, Maybe I was even forced to do it. But then I decided, okay, let me do it. But, now that I have taken the step forward, I realize that this is the right thing to do. And maybe I haven't yet realized fully also. But now I want to move forward. So, these are sacrifices I have made. So how to maintain this? 
and how to move from that point even further. Not to allow those gains to be lost. Now this is the choice Allah Ta'ala has enabled us to make. That we have come into an environment of deen where this will be a helping hand to now keep moving forward. Provided that we take that help. Provided that we take that assistance. We do not allow shaitan to deviate us. Because shaitan now will come with all kinds of frightening scenarios. That how are you going to be now interacting with others and people might think of you, look down upon you, and what they'll think about you, and etc., etc. Whereas all this is all just shaitan's just threats which have no reality in it. What is the reality is that this will bring you izzat, it'll bring you honor, it'll bring you the mercy of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, it'll bring you the guidance of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, it bring down that mercy that will make your dunya a happy place of happiness. And it will make the akhirat a place of everlasting joy and peace and serenity for you. So, shaitan will come with all these kinds of things to make a person take a step backwards or prevent the person from progressing. But we have to be making shukr to Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala has enabled us to make this choice. Allah Ta'ala has enabled us to make some sacrifices. Maybe we didn't go to certain fairs and certain places of all kinds of wrong things and intermingling and whatever else. Now that was the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala. It is like a person got saved from some major calamity. So now when a person got saved from some fire, the person doesn't feel sorry about it. That why did I get saved? person feels happy about it. Somebody got saved from all the fitnas in the holiday. Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah. You are deserving of the greatest congratulations. May Allah Ta'ala keep you steadfast and take you further ahead. Those who have taken the very, very great step of adopting Parda now for the first time maybe. You are deserving of the greatest congratulations. This is something which Allah Ta'ala loves dearly. But the dunya is a place of test. If everything is going to be rewarded directly, somebody adopted Parda suddenly sees the roof opening up and one million rand falling in. The whole world will go in Parda tomorrow. But for the one million rand. Forget one million rand, if we are sure a thousand rand will come down to him, might do it. But the world is a place of tests. Allah Ta'ala brings the rewards in very unseen ways. It doesn't happen always in a way that you can see it clear cut with your eyes that is happening. But it comes in so many different ways in this dunya. Allah Ta'ala loves those who move towards Him. So those who are going to look down upon you, it is like somebody, the incident that we perhaps heard many times, one person had to go and live in some place. When he went to live in this place, he found a very strange thing. Rural area, somewhere far away, found a very strange thing. All the people had their noses cut. Their noses were chopped off. Now imagine person's nose is chopped off. How ugly the person looks. And how terrible a sight. You don't want to look at that thing also. Now everybody is this, looking like this. Now he came to live there, he's got a normal nose, he's looking well, he's looking nice, perfect. But now everybody is looking at him as if something happened to him. And now they're nudging one another. Look at this fellow. So now one day went past, two days went past, he said, hey, everybody's laughing at me. So eventually he couldn't take it anymore. So he went and cut his nose also. Now how intelligent he was, he went and cut his nose. Because he, in inverted commas, wanted to become normal. He wanted to become, in inverted commas, normal. The abnormal, he wanted to become normal. So now what a stupid thing that is, 
that because of those whose noses were cut, he got influenced by that. There's another similar incident. One king, the somehow somebody foretold us that there's going to be a rain. And this rain, whoever, because water now is a very scarce thing, people would collect the rainwater and they would drink that. Whoever is going to drink this rainwater, this particular rain, they'll drink that water, they'll go insane. So the king and the wazir, his minister, they said, hey, we've got to definitely protect ourselves. So they made some arrangements and so on, that that water must not get in any way into their tanks and water systems and whatever else. And they already stored their water before. So now that rain came, everybody else collected it, whatever. They did not allow one drop of that water to reach anywhere where they're going to consume their water. Or into the, whatever, the fields and crops, they made the arrangement somehow. Now in any case, that rain came, others all collected that water, they drank it. Now after a day or two, they're seeing a very strange sight. Maybe it's just a story for the moral, Allah alam. They're seeing a very strange sight. Everybody is behaving in a very strange manner because all went insane. Now this whole community, that whole population, everybody's gone insane. And they're all doing all insane things. But now, they started looking at the king and the wazir. And now everybody is having some big, big meetings now. That our wazir, our king and our wazir, minister, are sick, very, very sick. We have to sort them out. Now they are looking at the normal people and they are laughing at them. And they are, well, they are very concerned about them too. They say this person has gone sick. Why? Because he's not behaving like us. You can see all how we just jumping like monkeys and doing all kinds of things. And uh, this person is behaving differently. He's behaving in a very dignified way. He's sitting with respect. Something wrong with him. They said, we've got to sort him out. We've got to take them to hospital now. So now when the king and the wazir heard this, they said, oh, this is gone terrible now. Just now these people will sort us out. We don't know how they'll sort us out. So the best thing is, we also go drink the water now. They went and found that same rainwater somewhere somebody had stored. They drank it. So they became like everybody else. So now they felt, no, we did a good thing. So in order to fit in with everybody else, they decided to become mad. So they became mad also. Now, is that something sensible? This is what unfortunately is the dunya. Those who take the step in the right direction, the mad world out there looks at them as if the good people are gone mad. The mad world out there looks at those who are sane, those who are in the right ma- frame of mind, those who are thinking correctly, those who are thinking in the proper manner, those who are doing what is right. The mad world out there looks at them as if they are gone insane. Now how foolish it would be if the sane people, they say that now how long are we going to be regarded as you know, something wrong with us, we also rather become mad. We also rather start doing everything that everybody else is doing. All the mad people out there, what they are doing, rather we start doing it. Because this is a kind of insanity. That a person is deliberately doing those things that are going to bring great doom and destruction. Can we imagine a person is now lighting a match and uh, striking a match and then beginning to light the fire in one's clothes. says, I want to see how this clothes burn. He's wearing the clothes, wearing the dress, that kurta, whatever, that cloak. Now she's burning the cloak. Say, I want to see how it burns. Now she's wearing it. She wants to see how it burns. Now, anybody else sees this, what will they call her? See, this person is insane. 
she's wearing that cloak, even if she is not wearing it, she's burning it. They'll say something wrong with her. She's wearing it and she's burning it. She's going to die. She's going to get burned to death. Everybody will regard her as insane. So, when the worldly fire, we light the worldly fire on ourselves, then we are insane. And if we light the fire of the akhirat around ourselves, then what are we? When we are deliberately lighting the fire of the akhirat, then what are we? But Allah Ta'ala's fazal is such that He gives us grace that look, before this time comes when life is gone, extinguish this fire. Come out of this situation. Make sincere tawbah. And come to the rapat that will take you to the everlasting bounties and blessings of Jannat. So this choice that somebody has made for us, or we have made our own choice, is to bring us onto that path. Nabi Salaam says, that the person who Allah Ta'ala wishes good for, Allah Ta'ala wishes good for somebody, Allah Ta'ala gives that person the understanding of deen. We have come to a place where this is the primary objective, that how we can gain the understanding of deen. Not just as facts and figures, as information, but how we can live deen. That is the understanding of deen. A person knows the word fire but still puts his hand in the fire, then he has understood fire. But he'll understand now when he gets burnt, that this is fire. Now a child, you tell him fire, he'll repeat the word like a parrot, he'll say fire. But then he'll see the candle burning, he'll go put his hand in. Now when he gets burned, now you try to catch his hand and push it close to the fire, he's pulling back. Because only now he's understood fire. So not just to know the words, but where this becomes a condition of our heart, where it becomes a part of our life, that what is deen? Deen is the means of our happiness in dunya. Deen is the means of our happiness in the akhirat. Deen is the thing of, that will give us success in every sense of the word. It will bring contentment, it will bring peace, it will bring all the good that we can desire. And the best thing we can desire is happiness in life. The material things are not the things that give happiness. That is there as a ni'mat, if it comes in the correct way, happiness comes from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. And it comes to those who are the true servants of Allah ta'ala. So we have come to the madrasa, we have come to a place where we have come to acquire the understanding of deen. Alhamdulillah, many have made many, many steps, taken many steps forward, have made many sacrifices in this regard. Your sacrifices have not gone in vain. Your sacrifices have not gone to waste. You will see the benefit of it. In this world, you'll see the benefit of it. And you'll see it in the akhirat as well. And that is the real place where you'll see the benefit of it. And those who have come to take the benefit of the aspect of acquiring the knowledge of deen, this is a very great bounty from Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has specially selected you to be in a place learning deen. Appreciate this ni'mat. Very, very deeply from the depths of the heart. Uh, Express your gratitude to Allah wa ta'ala by praising Him. Alhamdulillah. Allahumma lakal hamdu wa laka shukr. Ya Allah, this is only your favor. I was not deserving of this. Out of your grace, out of your mercy, you brought me to such a place. You allowed me to be here rather than in some place where there's so many fires burning. That are burning people's imana, burning people's akhlaqa, burning people's haya, burning their chastity, burning everything. Ya Allah, you saved me from all that. You brought me into such a place where my iman and deen can be protected. Ya Allah, this is only your grace. This is only your mercy. Ya Allah, you enshroud me in your grace and mercy. 
and take me even further ahead. You enable me to do all the things that you are pleased with. Save me from everything that you are displeased with. We should make a habit of this dua, talking to Allah Ta'ala. While we are coming to Madrasa, just from our heart, keep talking to Allah Ta'ala in this manner, in this dua, in this form of dua. And keep begging Allah Ta'ala's help. When going back home, other times, make a habit of this talking to Allah Ta'ala from our heart. We will see what a great difference this will bring to our lives. May Allah Ta'ala wa ta'ala accept one and all, all those who have come for the first time. Allah Ta'ala make their coming a means of great blessing for them. Those who have been here already, Allah Ta'ala bless them as well. And make each one successful in every sense of the word. Allah Ta'ala accept all the efforts and sacrifices of the muallimas, of the students, of everybody that is involved in this process of imparting deen and learning deen. May Allah Ta'ala make it a means of us becoming His true servants and bless each one with His muhabbat and love. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين برحمة